1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
2: Hello everyone, it's the Matron Page app podcast episode three. We are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Jamie Carragher. Jamie, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. You're no strangers to the podcast game these
3: days.
4: Yeah, I jumped in, see. Well, I thought if you could do it, I could be a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: do you know the most annoying thing is? You're fucking better than us, and we've been doing it for does about my, 10 <laughs> years. It genuinely does
2: my tits in, like <laughs> you mean. It's better the footy than we'll ever be. You know, then just steps into our broadcasting world and just <laughs> just basically smashes it. Um, we're going to kick things off, as we always do, with, with the page. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Kush Pajak. Have you got anything that's been particularly doing your head in? My body. To the be whole honest with you, the
3: whole body. Like I've got a clicky ankle, which is doing my head in. I played footy last night, so I'm in absolute agony. <laughs> I, I, the can't, I can't well. lift this arm above there anymore. Are you
4: playing offside trap or something? I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> I don't the know. The <laughs> My, my back's
3: fucked like absolutely fucked now uh, the base of the spine something to do with me th- my discs and stuff like that I've <laughs> got I've got a duck arse as well I've got a duck arse so every time I'm walking around my arse is waving at some fucker behind me which is doing my head in I've got Christmas hams for thighs and my calves <laughs> are as big as my, my three year old kid so basically <laughs> if I can just purge my whole body that would do and my eyes are shit because I need glasses as well
2: yeah You've already paid your eyes on a previous <laughs> pocket, but a, it's a it's a laundry list of complaints. And
3: not only that, I'm losing my fucking hair. And like, the barber's mentioning it to me now. Like, as she's doing herself out of business, you know, you won't be coming here for very long, will you, Chris? I think every man
2: is terrified at that moment going in the barber's and they do the bit at the back and you, you're just waiting for them to say, like, is it all right? Is it yeah, all right? Yeah, Is it yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you know and they don't mention it and you're like are they just being nice? But the fact that oh so Barbara's genuinely yeah. mentioned And it. she
3: started saying to me, Do you know what your eyebrows doing? I don't even know if I've got eyebrows to be I've honest with any? you, but she's asking They've me about it. <laughs> we were saying before, like you put the thing is, you've got the baby face thing
2: going on, but everything that's going to stay young forever, and everything else is going to age, age around. You.
3: Kid. Yeah. There you go, that's what it was called in school. Thanks for that. That was brilliant. <laughs> no, oh gosh, that's you, probably man. what everyone on social media will now call me again. Absolutely, I wonder if I can dig out a photo of you from around that time because yeah,
2: you were very, no, very, very, very blonde. I'm absolutely. Is that the one with great. the Everton kids? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. That Was
3: later in life. <laughs> so, you've seen
2: that photo? I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, we've you had still conversations people stop about
3: you. it. You still get people stop you, don't you? Where, what was what game were what, we was at? What happened
4: Seriously? What was it about?
3: My brother's a, a blue, so it was a bet with him. And it, remember the AJ derby in like 2005, 2006, something yeah, like oh, that? Oh, I remember
4: that one too.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> the, the, the thing was, we were watching the game together, I mean, we don't normally watch the derbies together, obviously. And um, he basically said, well, I, "I can't remember who you were there, weren't you?" Who I, said? The I best?
2: was there the day. I don't know. I wasn't there for the bet, but I was there the day you had to.
3: I took the photo. Yeah. Yeah, He took the photo, it's outside, is So basically, you, if Liverpool would won
4: that game, have, your brother would have had to wear it.
3: Yeah, Liverpool. and then normally we were going to the pub. We normally at the know pub, we
2: come to be mum and dad's and hid to watch the game, and then the second we said we, we won, didn't we? And you've and you been you've been off straight away, but we had to take a photo for evidence. And you don't think about these things at the time because you, when I'm, it probably got, to got on Facebook, and face, then when you become
4: an international superstar, <laughs> it comes out, and now all the, lids <laughs> <laughs> all the lids, all the <laughs> lids, the
2: amount of people have gone. We were talking about him on the coach, and we we're like. Uh, is she is he a blue or is it a brother? Because uh, so, everyone now you've now told the story enough that but it, it gets like Chinese whispers. So people are like, it's his brother. It's not him. It's his brother. It's a photo of his brother. It's like no, it's you. But it was a regrettable. Oh, it's so irritating. And you smoking him. on the photo
3: as well. I think so. It's like <laughs> and and the jeans you look are terrible. Like you're losing
4: your hair on that one. <laughs> I know. Well,
3: there you go. Maybe it's hanging round. So I think I'm wearing like flared jeans almost, <laughs> and they're really like washed out. And I, that's... I'm more pissed off about the jeans than I am the Everton shirt. To be honest with you, oh the God. jeans are terrible. Like, I've never, you know what? I've never worn an Everton
2: shirt. Like, uh, you know, because it happens. it? You, know, you, you go to footy when you're a kid or whatever, and you know, it happens. You have to wear another team. I, it's weird. I've, I've never, I've never worn an Everton shirt or a Man United shirt. You've worn a ever. Chelsea
3: shirt. I remember that. Yeah, yeah I got Chelsea. forced into
2: doing that for a for the a, for a thing. Now, I've worn all kinds. I used to own all kinds of footy shirts when I was a kid. I had like a Leeds United shirt from the Tony Abbott yellow yeah. and blue strike the way away shit i think castle with the star on that was a belter kit wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah.
3: That the uh like kiss waddle the, piece yeah. of beer's one oh, oh no the later, later one later, yeah. oh, okay
2: that would have been like mid, mid-90s real uh less, less ferdinand and all that yeah that was a belter mm. team that wasn't it yeah so I'm, I'm gonna take up your page on the body thing because i was gonna do something about like not being able to relax and needing to plan how to relax because i'm i got i used to do fuck all every day and i was great at it and now I get a day off and I stress out about how to relax. But uh, I, I'll have to say that because, because basically, as I was telling, I was explaining to the lads, I was, I was, I was with a trainer this morning. I've, I've done me back, and it's the idea is that... Is this
4: podcast about you or about me? <laughs> you,
3: you, most oh, it? mainly it's about you now, is are like, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> fucking <hell.
4: laughs> i have just bombed to get it. <laughs> 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 Not easy,
2: you'll get your turn. Jesus <laughs> Christ! You is get it an, an hour itching, itching to get his page. No, what you want to
3: do? It's because it, yeah. uh, Stevie, Stevie kept interrupting your story. That's <laughs> what it is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That was yeah, fucking
2: brilliant. That. no. So I'm going to page me low back, and, and, and I, I'm sure you can. Uh, you'll probably get this more having been a professional athlete. That it doesn't get it living doesn't get any easier. Like there's come a point where it just once something hurts, it hurts forever. Yeah. And um, I, I having a bad back. Why? That's not fair.
4: Well, I am supposed to do the the half marathon with my brother. He got me as a Christmas present. He does marathons all over the world. And I've always thought, be good to do it. Not, But I, I thought, I couldn't do the full marathon. I'll do the half marathon. So we started doing a bit more running. I can't do it because my car feels like it's going. I've never pulled a muscle playing football. I've never ran that long. You think of football, it's always sprint, stop, jog, whatever. But actually running for an hour non-stop, that was getting get, get me up to about, I don't know, seven or eight miles. I hell. can't actually get there. I'm up to about
3: it. one and a half after an hour. <laughs> 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 fucking hell. So me being a footballer
4: talking about yeah. things and that. I just feel like my car's just gonna ping.
2: So it's not have you got is that have you got anything lingering left left over? So when you play now, is that is it what what hurts the next morning the most?
4: No well it's only when I do the charity games stuff. Else. I go to the gym most days, so it's not a problem. But it's it's twisting and turning. I everything's mean, straight lines, and I wasn't when you go to the gym and that.
2: Bro? Do, you sh- do, you, is, do you use that to shine on another other lads? Because speaking to to Robbie Fowler about it, and he just said he can't play on hard surfaces anymore because he's ruined because of his <laughs> hips and all that kind of stuff. Like, so so do, do you do that? Just, I'm, I'm all right. What?
4: I'm all right playing. It, it's the it's the twisting and tearing and stuff like that now. But not,
2: not. I didn't have any massive injuries. Oh, it does my that. head? In. Absolutely, does my head. in. I never, never physically exerted myself anything like. I mean, bloody hell! You did both. You, you cramping both your groins in the Champions League final. <laughs> like I've never, no, nothing. And then
3: still won the sprint to the keeper. Yeah.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> still gets me to this day. It's one of the highlights of watching back that final. Is you got you, you going down, getting up. And having to go down, and then going down straight, straight again after it. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. Although I always thought that for someone sprinting at the end, that Harry Kuhl moved peculiarly quickly at the end of that <laughs> at the full time whistle for someone who did himself him so, so badly. Leave him alone. Nah, no. um, Champions League winner. Yeah, of course he is. have um, everyone, just a little word from me that this podcast is brought to you in association with Threads for Red the best gear for liverpool fans on the internet right now whether it's t-shirts sweatshirts or hoodies and they've even got mugs and hats the quality of this stuff is absolutely phenomenal you'll have seen me wearing a number of their items over the last year or so but what they've done is they've relaunched with a load of fresh brand new designs you will not find these anywhere else and they've also upgraded the materials that they use as well meaning this is a genuinely premium product this is not disposable clothing This is top quality gear. It's comfortable, warm, and also looks absolutely amazing. I'm sure you'll agree. For those of you watching on YouTube, I'm trying my best. Um, Make sure you head over to threadsforreds.com. Go and have a little browse, have a look, see what you like, and and get involved because it is the absolute best. Right, okay, well, we'll move things on. Uh, As as mentioned, Jimmy, you've stepped into the podcasting world, the the greatest game. What what was it that that made you want to get into all that stuff?
4: Well, to be honest, we do do the TV, got a paper uh, newspaper column and it was just another part of the media, if you like, that I thought I could do but I didn't want to speak about myself on it. I, I wanted to try and be better at asking questions and yeah. getting people on it and a different type of, of, of stuff rather than, as I say, we, we answer questions all the time on, on, on the TV, Monday Night Football and sometimes you worry about the fact that maybe people sometimes don't want to listen. Yeah. As much for me because I'm always given an opinion and sometimes I think it's nice for me to try and get an opinion out of someone else or dig a little bit deeper and to be fair if, if you were asking the questions I know it's harder for you to get something out of them because mm-hmm. you don't know them, you don't yeah. have a relationship as I have with Stevie or Michael or the people who came on and also I think when I'm dealing with a footballer they know they can't fob me off with an answer that maybe they could fob you off with a little bit that's yeah, just a yeah, fact yeah, yeah. so I think you can get a little bit more out of it and I, I love the fact that the people are brought on get a lot of positivity as opposed to me. Really, people yeah. say it's a great podcast. That's brilliant, but really, it's about the, the fella who comes on or the you know the lady who comes on and and try and get a
3: good interview. I, I thought that Henri one, the Henri one was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought that was absolutely outstanding because you, the thing is, obviously, you've worked with Henri at Sky and stuff, haven't you? But you don't get you to, get to see physically physically slightly more intimate with Thierry. Yeah yeah, 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 than yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, yeah. You, you don't get to see your personalities a lot on. The Sky programs and all that that mm. you do, so hearing him talk to you an hour about his experience, I always think back to that. Um, was it take the ball past the ball? The Barcelona Netflix one,
4: yeah, I watched that, yeah.
3: And him talking about like going to Barcelona and how he was basically told to just keep making a frigging run over and over again to free up space for Messi, and, and that having that knowledge and then listening to him talk to you about it, and the way that because you know them, because you've got a relationship with them, you just disarm them. Like, that mm. Stephen Gerrard interview, nobody's... Steven Gerrard has spoken to nobody on camera or anything like he spoke, as honestly. And there was a point where, about 40 minutes in, you were F-bombing left, right <laughs> and centre because I think he just forgot it was being recorded. Well, that's
4: something. what he said to me after... He said that was good, that, wasn't it? You know, he enjoyed it when it finished. But that's, I think, why you get more stuff from people because when you do an interview for the paper, if you like, there's, like, a tape recorder, there's still a journalist in the room, there's... You know, it... There's still a little bit weird, or oh, there's a camera there. You're doing an interview with Sky. I think people just naturally just tense up yeah. if there's someone else in the room. As I said, there's a camera, but when you just sat there, it's almost like Big Brother. You know, it's it's yeah. I know I'm, I'm. This is going to go out somewhere. But after about ten minutes, it becomes just like you sat watching a match or you sat in the pub or whatever it is.
2: Stevie's an uh, uh, an odd one, I think, in that, and I say odd one, he is. Who he is, and because of who he's been and his status, I think. And I have found that because obviously I've, I've interviewed him a couple of times down the years, and he is quite a standoffish kind of guy because I think mm. he's he's so aware, and I think all the top level uh, athletes are like this because he knows that anything he says can be it's news, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You see it with Klopp a, a lot now. Um, what was that? So what was that like? Because you obviously. He's your mate, isn't he? You know what I mean. Was that? Did you have that first ten minutes where you're doing it, and he is because he is quite cagey at start. Mm. Was there a point where you're thinking, "Come on, mate, just,
3: just just let let go." go. I think
4: I think the way we do it, we always start with the same question and finish with the same question, and and the first question like the first game you've been to, and it's almost like a warm up, yeah, really. And there's no doubt you speak to anyone who listens to the podcast. The, the, the last half an hour is always better than the first half an hour and that's yeah. like any interview you do or anything you do it's just people need to sort of warm up to it and get into it but the thing I want to do on them as well is when you're interviewing Stevie I don't want to speak about Istanbul Yeah, he's spoken about it a million times he's probably bored about talking about it there's not a new he's going to give it's more different things you it maybe, automatic
2: when you you've you probably got your set way of talking about it at this point you know you know people not getting anything more interesting there's not, yeah there's nothing new
4: there's nothing new to say it's not I'm, someone's going to say that they haven't heard before so for me i, I find that boring so i try to find out other stuff I, there's management stuff now and um his style of management and different things like that and to be honest sometimes it's a bit you have the questions there and it just see where it goes yeah. and just you know it, sometimes you it go in different ways, different uh, things, and there's always something you forget to ask, isn't you, you know yourselves, or whatever, or you miss something out, but no, it's good, but I, it's just how often we do them, that's the thing, because I don't want it to be, do too many and the quality goes, I'd rather just, we've done a series of 13, Yeah, I think we're just going to, we we not trialled it, we've done it, it's gone well, and I think what we're going to try and do is, sort of the start of September every year, we're going to have a series for September, October, November, and that's it, and then it starts again, next september so it's just getting the guess
2: no sound but so what we, i thought it was interesting the, the michael Owen one was probably the one that i think surprised a lot of people mm. you know uh, liverpool fans you know you've been a a staunch supporter of him. ultimately as you mate and you know and so you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna see you know have his back more than more than most would but i think he came out that was the probably the first time because he's done uh i think he did to User's book. And he's interviewed in that, and he got his kind of point across, and I, it was interesting because Torres came out, did the same thing, and actually came out loads better with Liverpool fans off the back of some mm-hmm. interviews around then. But he—it's probably the one where it changed a lot of people's perspectives on it. It was probably the first time he probably got his got his side across, and I'm not saying he totally converted everyone, but did you go into that thinking I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do me mate a favour here, or because he tries a few like. Oh, this and you call them out on a cup on, on quite a couple of things, so you didn't soft serve any questions to him, is kind of what I'm saying. No,
4: listen, I didn't do the interview because I was trying to help him as such, but I knew it'd be a good interview. I, I when, when you are thinking of ideas with the producer, you think Look, who can we interview? I said, Michaels will be brilliant, I tell you, it'll go. I know the questions that Liverpool fans want asking, I won't sidestep nothing, and it'll give him a chance to really open up i think the, the brilliant thing with a podcast as opposed to a paper is and you said about simon's book that, that was great i think when you hear someone's voice yeah rather than you know you, you see a michael Owen quote about something and you say even if he, it's exactly word for word what he said on the podcast i think when you hear something in someone's voice it feels a bit more intimate doesn't it you can you, you almost feel the pain really in him or whatever it may be whoever's <clears> speaking really so that, that that's what i think is a big thing from a podcast I think uh, certainly the best thing for him, Michael. Rather than he's been on FCTV before, mm-hmm. he's, he's spoken in books, he's been and a magazines. ambassador. I think,
2: which is the which is the thing that I think has probably riled a lot of people. Yeah, is the club have got a lot of time for him? You know, we were talking about this. I did a video on the um, the Premier League Hall of Fame thing. He'll he'll get in. He'll be in there. You know, and mm-hmm. there's a chance he'll be in there as one of the one of the first clutch of Liverpool players because of the or maybe Man United as well. Like, but because of his status. Mm. in the game he gets forgotten but he was a he was a an icon an absolute icon he
4: was and you forget about it really and that's the one thing that always not frustrates me it's almost nice for me in some ways that when he came through he was a superstar and i was just trying to make my way in the game and, and come on sub and what and i ended up getting a send off at anfield and he's coming on sub at stoke mm. it's just you think how's oh, that happened I, I was you know and he just regrets a lot and the reason of being the ambassador was, I, th- I just think he, he's desperate to be loved
3: yeah.
2: by
4: Liverpool. Is this a chance of him getting back in with the club and mixing with people and whatever? But he knows it'll never be... He'll never have the situation I've got or Steve because he made his decision. He's got to yeah. accept that. You know, he, he made decisions. And then it was almost one bad decision. And then because you're trying so much to come back or to appease people, you make another bad decision. And it was just a knock-on effect, really, where, you know, listen, the Man United one. I think if he didn't go to Man United... Hmm. I think he'd be all right. Yeah, I think he'd be eventually... You look at Torres now. There was a lot of, you know, stuff with him at the time. But now I think you, you come round, probably last season with Luis Suarez in the Barcelona game, everyone wants to kill him. <laughs> but give it six months, 12 months, yeah. people will say he's leaving Barcelona. We'll all be on social media. Would you have Suarez back? Yeah. You, you know, it, it'll all that kick off. The Man United one was the killer for Michael. Yeah. That's the one that's really... Uh, Really, probably put him in the position he's in. But I'm, I'm glad the, the co- uh, the podcast, you know, changed people's minds. But listen, it could have made people's minds worse. Yeah. Mm. You know that was, yeah. you know, so I, th- you know, I think Michael came across well. We, as you said, we didn't fudge any of the questions, called him out on things, and he was as honest as he could
3: be. Did you know? I mean, the, the one thing that you could tell there was pain in his voice. It was him talking about he knew he was over at 19 almost or 20. I can't remember what age it was. Did you know that as a Liverpool player alongside him?
4: I knew he wasn't the player he was, that was just obvious. You you remember remember watching him and he'd come back from an injury and a would get put over the top and he'd go to sprint and he just he just put the brakes on. Yeah. And you knew then you think, oh, he was still a top player, because he was still a great goal scorer. So he didn't have that pace in two thousand and one. Yeah. But he was still a brilliant goal scorer. Really. And then I think, you know, injuries he's had after that coming and then He'd, he'd lost something, I think, around about 2003-04. Really lost something I felt around the European Championships in the season before. I mentioned that on the podcast where Barros had just sort of, in some ways, exploded at that Euro. Yeah, he was yeah.
3: the top scorer. Wasn't yeah, he?
4: now Barros didn't have his goals scored, but he had a great tournament where he scored goals, top goals scored. But he was a, he was quick and he was sharp and he was that. And Michael was almost looking like a 28, 29-year-old footballer at 24, Yeah, really, where it was just he looked a little bit. You know, nothing was sharp. Nothing was quick. Everything was sort of one pace. If you give him a chance, he'd still score. Yeah, but it was almost the game was moving away from that type of player of like he could just stand up front. You give him a chance, he score. Yeah, he it, it, it needed more than that. So yeah, that, that listen, that was the same for Robbie Fowler. Yeah, in a different way in terms of Robbie didn't have Michael's pace, but. Injuries, different things off the pitch. He was never quite the same. They they were at the best of teenagers, and and, it's sad, really.
3: What about if you're in the squad and you can see players around you who are maybe not as good as they are? What does that do to you? Do you start thinking, oh, these lads need to be replaced, or...? Because obviously you've got these relationships with them I and mean, you've grown up probably robbie was a few years ahead of you so you've seen what he's done in the game are you sitting at the back thinking we need to get another forward in or are you going i really just want them to come through this and change the game and, and i know that they've got the yeah. skill set to do that well
4: there's a difference between whether you think someone's on the wane or whether this is just a little bit of a you no know, bad spell yeah really and if someone you think's on the way I'm like, I'm like a fan whether it's my mate or not we've got to win we need someone better Or whatever it may be and i'm sure people were saying that about me when i was getting to the end of my career but you don't say it obviously you don't say it you don't say it publicly you always defend people but in your mind you would be thinking we need to win we need to be better they need to you know it's it's life it's football isn't it was daniel storage a bit like that
2: because i i I find because you some of the stuff you say when you're talking about what michael's like it reminds me so much of those couple of seasons it might have been a little bit toward was it right at the end of you your your playing days when he when he when he joins but he also had that thing he reached that point where balls are getting played over the top Torres had a little bit actually his last season where he's going and they're not flat out <coughs> and you do because you're you're when you're putting you're giving everything and you're at the peak of your powers or whatever is that you, you can't help it can you you must get frustrated with, you do with I, I
4: remember putting a ball over the top for Torres at Goodison and he never ran and, and me, me, me and him having words at half time I, I always remember I was right back and someone was closing me down I didn't have any options I put over the top and normally Torres was one of those players you'd make a, a bad ball into a good ball and it wasn't a great ball but normally Torres are just he get there, or he put someone under pressure. He almost like he would started walking around. But I think, I think he knew he, could, he, he couldn't do the runs as much. Yeah. You know, he's had you know hamstring injuries as well. I think this was early on in Roy Hodgson's time as well. And I think it does get like that with strikers I think Sturridge was the same. I don't think Sturridge was ever the best at. He wasn't someone you you seen flying all over the place. Yeah. He was very, to be fair, economical with his running, shall we say? <laughs> uh, Sturridge. He always played between the penalty box. Yeah. His record goal scoring record was fantastic. But when he was with Suarez, he didn't need to do that. Mm. Suarez was doing that and running all over the place, uh, really. And I don't think Sturridge was ever that player. So when he got injuries, he was was always that sort of staying between the width of the penalty box, really sharp uh, in and around. He's a brilliant footballer, but he was never going to play week in, week out. You know straight away Klopp would never fancy them. He just didn't because of, obviously, the injuries and whether he was prepared to play. Really, I play. I think Klopp said a quote about he's got to know what real pain is, or something. Like that. Now, it's harder because everyone's different. Yeah, everyone is different. I, my thing was, I had to be a hundred percent injured <laughs> to not play, whereas yeah. Daniel Sturdy had to be hundred percent fit to play. Yeah. That was that was the difference. And you actually think, even before Klopp came, one thing I look at Sturridge is on the bench in that Chelsea game uh, where we lose the league. I mean, what a season the team's had. Yeah. I mean. I, I, I haven't got a clue why he was on the bench. Mm-hmm. He obviously a knock. I don't know if he played the week before or what it may be. But for me, there's I I, I wouldn't have missed that game when I said to break one leg. You know what I mean? It's just like Chelsea wrong if you win this game on the league, you know. So they're the different things a manager has to deal with, really, the different things mentally of players, how they deal with injuries, how, how you deal with them about their injuries. Uh, really. So it's, it's not easy, really. But a lot of our top strikers did suffer. Yeah. Injury wise,
2: I mean was probably that something of the setup of the club? Do you think, or was that just, you know, bad play, luck. yeah, bad luck with the with the players that were I mean,
4: up. I think looking at Michael and Robbie, I don't think sports science had fully kicked in then. I think they were just overplayed. If we're being totally honest, yeah. I think Robbie's with impact injuries of you know a knee injury, wasn't there and a broken leg. I think early in his career, but I think the cruciate ligament. I think it was against Everton, mm. a game I played. And I think that was Robbie was never the greatest athlete. Yeah, you know, so it, you know, so f- for him to then come back from that. As well, uh, he was always going to be a great goal scorer. Finish, we put the ball in front of him. But as I said with Michael, when he lost his pace, the game was changing where you couldn't have a striker just stand up front and score. Yeah. There needs to be more in his game with that. Maybe later on with a, a Torres or maybe a Sturridge. Listen, any injured player would always point at a doctor or a physio. Am I coming back quick enough? Am I getting the right advice? And you know, I was never really in that position for me to criticise
3: people. You know, the, like. You're talking about like sports science not being in and around football then, but then I think down the M62 and the way the Ferguson managed gigs and he was always resting him when he was coming through. I know maybe slightly different. They had Lee Sharp in there before the, before gigs, yeah. he didn't he? And obviously he plays his position was was an amazing footballer. Did you ever look across the like down the road almost and think like, well these lads are they're all right doing it and they're bringing in the, obviously the class of '92 and. They're looking after their lads, and we're like overburned. Is that, is that, think maybe that there's something there with the club because they're not at the peak of Manchester United? Are oh, they just striving Gambit with everything that they've got? Yeah, the big difference was our local players and young
4: players you're were the best players. Man United's class of 92 weren't the best players, yeah. they weren't. And I have this, I don't know if it's not an argument, but the class of 92 were not better than what Liverpool brought through, they weren't. They just had Schmeichel, Cantona, Keane. Palace at the back, Dennis Ayewen.
3: Oh, He was a player, wasn't he?
4: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, Liverpool didn't have those players yeah. when those young players were coming through. They, they, they didn't. And if you think of the Roy Evans era, who's the two best players? Who's the two players you think of, Roy Evans era? Manaman. I mean. Exactly. Who's the two players you think of Uliye? You think of Michael Owen and Steven Gerrard? And Rafa Benitez. But, but <laughs> well, Rafa Benitez, hopefully you yeah. think of Steven Stevie. Gerrard and me. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I'm not saying I was the best player, but what yeah. I'm saying is, the, 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 the real dominant figures of those times with the local players our local players were as good as anything any club are bringing in in the world when you actually think about it Michael Owen's going to a World Cup McManaman then leaves and wins two European Cups Robbie Fowler's winning two Young Player of the Years Steven Gerrard goes on to be the best midfield player in the world for a time so what we were doing at the club in terms of bringing players through was fantastic it was actually the Is that were the problem
2: it always felt like there was there was just too much burden placed on too few players
4: but that's what I'm saying so it, what the, the burden wasn't placed on Man United's class of 92 yeah. when you talk about the class of 92 of being the leaders of that team they're probably in the mid to late 20s when they are when senior they pros over, they, yeah. they take over
2: they, they, you know. do you think that's why the treble season was so good because that was probably the time when there was there was so many good players around there you know probably around the squad you know even like like Marcus Babbel was probably one of the best right backs in the world yeah. around that time you had Gary McAllister coming into the sides you had was that around the time Lehmann was floating around or was that yeah, like yeah. After, yeah you know you had a, there, was, there was we just had tons of tons of good players all over all over the park no no i agree I, that, that that's my favorite
4: season 2001 much more than 2005 as a season i think it's the, the, when i say the best team probably 100% the best squad yeah the four strikers we had, Robbie Fowler, Heskey, Michael Owen, and Yari lippmann That was because good as anything in the world. Yeah. At that time, it just was. Uh, but no, you're right, that was the one where you, you had that good mix of us coming through youngsters. And it was probably the one team where you, you had a Gary McAllister experience. But people like Sammy Hippie, I think it was about 26, 27, Stefan Anshow, They were, without being the senior pros, because they were still new to the club, only being there a year or two. But that was a, a time where you had that nice balance of sort of young and, and you know, old players.
3: Yeah. I, I wasn't going to ask you about this, but what did you make of the Anelka stuff? I mean, obviously, we signed him in for a long period. He plays, a, was it six months or something in the end? And then, obviously, I know what your opinions are on the youth, so I'm not going to question <laughs> on that. But did you think that Liverpool should have signed Nicholas Anelka after that?
4: Yeah, I think they should. But I think what happens was when they brought Anelka in, it was they brought him in for a long period. I almost think... In Gerard Ullier's head, it was always alone. There was never any feeling of he's going to stay. I can only say that now afterwards because you think, he couldn't have done that much more than what he did, so why didn't he sign? Yeah. Mm. So I, I almost think it was like, Anelka's a bit of a problem, but six months is not going to, you know, it's not going to cause that much of a problem in six months. Yeah. He'll come in, he'll do well, and then we can just move him on.
2: Was he if, ever a problem while he was there? Because nah. he had a bad reputation, didn't he? You know what? I, 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 I don't know.
4: I've heard players of bad reputations in Elke. None. He was just a quiet. I, I, I don't even think I spoke to him really that much. He was just really quiet. He come in, he was a classy footballer. He could have played with Michael Owen because he could have played deeper. Yeah. He was that good of a footballer. He, I think he actually wanted to play almost number 10 in Elke yeah,
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> in some ways. And I think of Craig Bellamy coming into the club, you read all these stories. You come in and go, I, I don't get what the problem is, mate. Yeah. I'm, I work with Roy Keane now on TV and you read all these stories you read things and I'm a bit like, it's Fine, it's just a normal fella. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't get it. Maybe the way people are with me, uh, or the way I see people, or where I've grew up. I mean, there's a few tasty characters where I, I've grew up, <laughs> yeah, and I just, you know, there's all different people, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe these people, and Elka's at Liverpool, so maybe he's going to behave, or Bellamy's coming, as the biggest club he's played for, maybe he's going to tone down how he is, but yeah, they've got something about them, but the way people talk about these people it's, it's,
2: it's, it's just it was right. mad because his fans like losing Robbie was heartbreaking but at least bringing Elker in filled that number nine shirt then obviously we all watched the World Cup and they said didn't want to talk about it but I just think it's interesting the, the 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 comparison do you as that brilliant game doesn't you think Senegal play France in the opening yeah. game of the World Cup and Senegal are yeah. And, Salif, yeah. and um you know, we, we, I think Liverpool fans were all rubbing their hands together, going, well, wow, we finally gone and got the start of a tournament." Except we got it done beforehand, we, we we didn't we? Yeah, done before, so, yeah. And, he, and he comes in, I think he scores on his he scores on his debut as we well. He scored
4: two, I think, our own to Southampton, the second game.
2: And it looked looked the, the business looked like we'd done a great thing, but was it? What what was it? Because his, his career never never ever got better than. it Listen, than he just that.
4: wasn't? Sometimes when you bring players in, people say, oh, "What happened there?" Or oh, what? Happened? It's a little bit like Balotelli, when Balotelli comes in. And he got this reputation. And sometimes it just boils down to they're not that good. Yeah. You know, that that there's no like ballot People talked about him, whatever. He's just an average player. Yeah. Juve was just an average footballer. He just wasn't it wasn't that we weren't getting the best out of him. We saw him every day in train and he actually had a spell, playing right wing in front of me where uh, we beat Man United in the cup final. He probably had a three or four-month spell, but he did really well on the right wing. He wasn't scoring goals, but you could give him the ball. He was really strong. Yeah. He'd always keep the ball for you. He didn't have much pace, really. Didn't get many goals. He just was what he was. Yeah. He wasn't... You know, we, we shouldn't have balled, so he wasn't the level. Of, he, was, he was a level below Liverpool. He was probably a... Bolton, he went to Bolton, didn't he? He'd yeah. done well at Bolton. That's probably the level. Bolton at that time weren't bad. He would be yeah. a top ten Premier League team. That's what he should have been. He, he was playing at a level that he wasn't right for.
3: Do you know the Balotelli thing? I I, I used to sit the, literally the row behind the subs bench for two seasons. I think one of them might have been your last season, or certainly it was Stevie's last season, thinking about it. Yeah. And Balotelli, he was there and he wasn't watching the game, he was just fucking around. Like and and he gets a chewy out of his mouth. And lobs it at the players on the other on the other team subs bench, and I'm like, "Oh, you fucking tit! Are you having a fucking laugh?" Like, and there's like, I think me, I can't Depends remember who it was. I can't remember who the young <laughs> lads were. And you're like, "What are you doing, lah? What are you? What are you doing?" And then I remember, I'll always remember Raheem Sterling's on the bench one game, and Andre Wisdom was on the bench, and um, everyone's singing "You'll Never Walk Alone," and Wisdom whacks Sterling, and goes, "Fucking stand up." And, and wisdom belting out, you'll never walk alone. And Sterling stands up, and I thought that's the character that you want on a bench, yeah, yeah. not some lad pulling the chewy out of his gob and fucking lashing <laughs> at another <laughs> sub over the other side. The
2: Balotelli stuff's mad because I think the best performance he ever had at Anfield was at that um, charity game that you and Gerard had, where he, he played in that, and it was like he, he was like a Harlem Globetrotter, he was just shooting from 45 yards yeah, and, I, and all that. And you're like, okay, I, I've then. only
4: seen him have one good game, and I'm deadly serious. I'm not trying to, you know. At the because I couldn't quite get this thing about everyone up. I'd, I'd watch him for Man City I remember him playing at Anfield once I think it was John Flanagan's debut and John, he got brought off John Flanagan, yeah it was a night game I think Andy Carroll might have scored too he had a great shot from outside the box I think, and he played left wing and Mancini brought him off, he was all
2: Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus,
4: enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to
2: 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods,
4: But well, the only game I can remember him playing well in was a tournament in Italy. And it was a semi-final against Germany. And he ran onto to something. He had a great shot and he scored. And I thought, oh, that was the only game I've ever seen him. I just think, I mean, the way people talked about him, the clubs he went to, uh, played for, probably the dough made
2: as well. <laughs> you know what I he mean? Because he's, uh, he's fooled them all. You must see plenty of players, though, who, who were like, they've either got it in training but not got it in the match. Or they've got it in Monday the match. Monday to but Friday not got it
4: player, t- yeah. Yeah, There is this place like that you're watching in training and, and they look the part, and then it just they haven't got the personality to sort of transfer it to a match. And someone who's completely different was DD Man. Yeah. If you saw him in training, you'd never pick him. Was he
3: shite?
4: Yeah, but he just wasn't bothered, he just, yeah. just oh, it almost looked like he just didn't want to be there, he just got out of bed, yeah, really. But then on a Saturday, or oh, you know, he'd, he'd turn it on type of thing,
2: yeah, absolutely amazing. I am. Um, Let's move things on because obviously you moved into you moved out of football. You moved into into broadcasting. You know you know, on, on sky Sky. Um, I thought it was interesting you talking to to, to Gerard on the on on the podcast because obviously he's now in, in management. It's gone quite well for him at Rangers and, and what have you. And you even brought this up. Is that I think every single one of us looked at you and went,
3: well he's going to be a manager? Hundred percent. He's going to stay of he's being
2: coaching or whatever." What
3: well, what was I thinking? Was that, well, you know. You, you, did you, you plan to go into it for a short spell? No, no, I planned time? to go into
4: it. I basically, I got to 30 and I thought I'm either going to do TV or I'm going to do coaching. And I, and I did my toe into both. I'd done my B licence with Connor Cody's age group, I think Wisdom, John Flanagan. So they were about 15 or 16. So I went down and done my B licence. was going there once or twice a week. And I'd done the European Championships in 2012 for ITV. I didn't get the bug for the coaching. It was almost like when I was driving there, I'd be like, God. Oh, just get this out the way i just now a lot of people say to me the b license isn't that enjoyable but as you go to the a and then the pro becomes more and sometimes i regret not pushing on with it not to become a coach or a manager but more just for my own knowledge and, and speaking to people and meeting people really but i did love i really enjoyed the tv and then i think sky saw me on that and then i announced i was i was retiring but no basically i announced i was retiring because i agreed to join Sky, mm, yeah. basically, because I knew, I, I told Brendan Rodgers I was finishing, the club didn't offer me a role, which I am not complaining about, mm-hmm. Liverpool should not be about jobs for the boys, it should not be, but I wasn't going to move my family, my kids in schools, to be a coach somewhere, or, do, or whatever, really, and I, basically the way I looked at it, I was going to the top of TV, which was Sky and Monday Night Football, and, and watching all the top games, or I was going to start low in coaching, whether that was taking the 23s at Liverpool or taking the under 16s or moving to another club. And I was thinking, I'm quite lucky, this role that's being offered here. And again, that's it's the prime I...
3: time role in football. Yeah. Isn't it? That yeah, Monday night football is the best show yeah. on TV.
4: And that's it's not the best show on TV because I'm on it. It's the best show on TV because of the concept, because it's not every week. So when it's on, you go, on Monday night football's on. If something's on every week, you get a bit like, oh, but you become bored of it a little bit in some ways it's special that it's it's we do about 15 or 16 a year yeah. and it's a four hour sh- it's just like it's proper football stuff i also retired when i did one because i wanted to get out with liverpool and, and go out with my head held high and not stay too long but also people like frank lampard real Ferdinand, danny murphy people who i knew would be good on tv were my age
3: that I really all, come into it a
4: little bit. It wouldn't. I'm not saying I, I retired from Liverpool because of that, but it was always there about. I right, got an offer from Sky. Okay, we're all going to retire around about the same time. If I stay another year, one of them might retire. One of them might get that gig. Listen, there's only there's only probably ten full time pundits in this country. If you think of Match of the Day in BT, people who you see regularly on the telly, people dip in and out, but people who you go right. Galilineca, Shearer, Danny Murphy match today, maybe Jermaine Janis, you think of BT, Joe Cole, Crouchy's doing a bit, Rio Ferdinand, me, Gary, Soonas, Jamie Redknapp. And so Roy. Yeah, Roy Keane now, so 10 or 12 people. But I knew Danny Murphy would be good on TV, I knew Rio Ferdinand was, I knew Frank Lampard was, they are all my age, Danny's a year older than me, and it was a bit like, this will also give you a little head start here, yeah. in terms of you know getting your, your nose in into the pundit too early, if you like.
3: Do you miss the competitive side of football, though? Because, I mean, you you watching you on the field, you know you're a competitor, and you knew that you went out there. Now, obviously, you love football, and you love watching as much football and analysing it and all that. Do you miss the competition side of things? And do you ever think, at some point, what you've got right now might not Or is suffice? doing little races
2: with Gary Neville every now and again on Yeah, Twitter Yeah, Twitter yeah, Twitter yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, Neville
4: Carragher. <laughs> I, I don't, to be honest, I mean, sometimes I look at it and think, I used to be in a bad way if we lost or hadn't played well. It used to really hurt me. And almost when you won was like relief, that you could enjoy the rest of your weekend, you could take the kids here, and and you 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 don't have to worry about the next game. It's, you know, and I'm more glad that I don't have that, really, because it used to take me into dark places, football sometimes. The competitiveness, how do I get that? Not really. No, I probably don't have that in some ways. I'm competitive with punditry, Hmm. if I'm being honest. I watch every other show, I watch Match of the Day, I watch BT, I want to see what they're doing, what, what are they analysing, that's nonsense, or oh, that's good, but I can make it better, or oh, they touched on that, oh that sparks an idea for me, that, so I'd never, I've, I've got Monday Night Football, uh, Monday obviously, and uh, I'll, I'll watch everything on TV over that weekend, and, and I see that as a challenge, to be better than everyone else, uh, whether it's my newspaper column, whether it's Monday, the analysis that I do, I have to make, that's my competitors now. I see match of the day, BT Sport as my my challenge, not Everton or Manchester United. How do
3: you go about Monday night football? Like is it a stupidly early start or are you working on it from as soon as the game starts on a Saturday? what's the process there and well, is, wait, 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 how many well, people are involved?
4: Yeah, well because Gary doesn't do it all the time now, it's me and the producer and we've got a few stats, lad. So I I've already been thinking about Monday night football now. A few days before, so I know the the, the Sunday games, are going to, I know we're going to cover the Sunday games no matter what happens, unless they're absolutely the worst games in the world, they're that big, you're going to cover the Manchester derby, Ancelotti going back to Chelsea, mm. so you're going to look at that. I'm already thinking of Sutton on Wolves, the way they're going, you know, he done an interview last week, so I read an interview by the manager that I, I thought was brilliant, uh, Nuno, so it, it sparked a few ideas, I'll say, listen, they might get beat at the week and then you can't do something positive on them because they've lost in some ways, so... They're playing Brighton, so I'm fingers crossed Wolves when I might look at that. Now, I might get into the meeting and there's that much other stuff. It mightn't work or it mightn't, whatever. But we're always bouncing ideas off each other. I'll have watched something and you send something to the group chat. Can someone have a little look at this or check this out? Or I might, I'll watch the Manchester Derby and I'll, I'll mark minutes of a clip that I've watched or I've seen something. It might be, but it won't be the goals. No. It'd be like, something done. someone's done something strange on a goal kick. Why is he doing that? Why is he there? Oh, this has happened a lot in the game. Then I'll get to Sky. I Either get the early train on Monday morning, 7 o'clock, get to London for 9. I'll be in Sky 10 or I'll go the night before. So I'll be in Sky for 10. We'll have a meeting for an an hour, hour and a half. But we've all been on the group chat all beforehand. So you'll have an half an idea. Then you'll thrash things out. Then I'll go to the the video room. And that's when you can look at a camera where you can see 22 players on a pitch and you spot other things that you won't have seen. Uh, that all that 22 that
3: thing they do, they do, I, I'm a massive NFL fan like, and, and I pay for NFL game pass and they give you an all 22 so it's a view all the time and then they always go to the how many downs and distance and all that is every play so you know exactly what it is it's so much better and I just don't understand why they haven't given that to fans yet well I think on Monday Night Football I think if you, you I don't know what it is you press the red button or you do something you can
4: get the well you certainly could last season you get what we watch now we have a on Monday Night Football, we'll watch it. we've got about three TVs, so you've got the normal what you're watching and then the there's, there's a big screen where when we're stood up at the table and you see the teams coming out or we do an interview, we'll have the full twenty two players on that when the game's going on. So it just gives you a better view and then you see things off the ball or by yeah. like someone else. Like perfect example was I done a Man United game and Pogba first come, so it was Man U City as it was this weekend. I thought I was analysing something completely different. When I watched the clips, I went to support Pogba piece. So, things can change through the day as well. So, it's not like we get in and like right, we're doing this. You can do, we do. So, basically, we do the clips. Then we we'll go to the gym. We have a bit of lunch. We have an hour rest. Then we'll do a rehearsal at half, three, four o'clock. That rehearsal could go badly. Or it's just you just think, it's not working. It's not flowing. This this is not right. And you might think, right, let's do something else. So, sometimes it's like, you know, you're on the seat of your pants and something to
2: that. And that's what makes it what it is. Get, make, get, get, get the juices flowing, doesn't it? I think it's mad because the, the the last World Cup and did the VR stuff on, B, on BBC, and you could watch they had that wide angle and you realise how much of football you miss on television coverage. I mean, for God's sake, look at the... Look, oh, at look, che- the Chelsea Look at the goal. chelsea game. They, they, yeah, they, they, they missed uh, the build-up to the first goal because they were showing a replay of something that happened That's a, before, that's a big
4: problem now, that,
2: right? when you do
4: co-commentary. It's when can you get a replay. And years ago, as soon as the ball goes out, a goal kick was always going to be 20 seconds. Now, because of the goal kick rule, it's played short straight away, and a team can win it back, and before you know it's in that, we 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 nearly missed one this season. It was a Chelsea game. It was a goal kick. Someone passed it out. Some, Mason Mount closed someone down. They won the bump, and before you know it, all, we just got back on for the finish, and I'm not having to describe a goal that I haven't really seen, because I'm looking at a monitor, because yeah. I'm having to talk over a replay, and before you know it, you go, oh, Shit. Shit, go, yeah. what's happened? You're, you're, <laughs> and you're asking the question. I'm, I'm, I'm then <laughs> trying to de- describe, so straight away, co is mean, I love co commentary now. co commentary is the one that no one says a nice word about you're on co commentary. about <laughs> anyone. No, they don't. Yes. No one's got a nice word to say about anything. You, you know, you go on social media, it doesn't bother me. But I love that more now than being in the studio oh, really? on a Super Sunday. Not more than, the sh- listen, Monday Night Football's the number one. But next on my list of what I do for Sky is co commentary. That thing of being in the game, a goal happens, just pff, reacting to things. You feel like you're, you're, you're in the crowd. When you're in the studio, you're almost cocooned from almost, it. That, yeah. So sometimes I'll go back into the studio after a co commentary, and you walk in the studio and you've been in the ground where it's bouncing and energy, and you come back in you go, oh, kind of someone died. You're boring bastards, come on. Yeah, it, but what a game they, that was. They're they sort of, as I said, yeah, they're just almost it, not. Yeah. Fully engaged in what's happened, uh, really. So that's why I love cold commentary. Now, even though I probably get a lot of stick, just just to stay off your phone for an hour when you do. He's done a cold commentary. Have you ever had?
2: Because obviously, when you, you you came into came into the sky, and I did you ever have a, a producer whatever take you to one side in the early days and be like, Jamie, just can you just talk a bit more slowly, or yeah. can you do us a favour? Can you just. Yeah. Just to, what enunciate, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pronounce, pronounce things a bit yeah, more, yeah, more. You never carefully. see scousers
3: on the telly though, do you? Really? No,
2: I, I think it's it's mad, isn't it? Because I don't think twice about it, but it's a it's amazing the amount of people who don't who don't have access to scousers on a regular basis, you talk to them, and you can see them glaze over. Like, what the fuck are they saying? Mm. They're saying here. <laughs> did you have any like? Did you get pulled? A couple no, but I'm aware
4: like of it going in. That I speak quickly, and and even me. But my family will say to me, "You've got a TV voice." You know, I I do sometimes think, (laughs) slow down a little bit. And then sometimes I watch myself back and think, that's not me speaking, that's too slow. Yeah. Really, so I'm not really there now. But the first few shows I used to watch Monday Night Football back. Uh, I was told to watch it back and you, you spot little things or, you know, little things you say and what you do. And, yeah, I got loads of, I didn't have any going in. People always say, do you have media training going into Sky? Nothing, nothing at all. I was just myself. But then obviously working with the best people, it's just like, Little points, be careful with that, or be careful with that, or... Like, a couple of bits, I was told, when you've got something big to say... Because if I'm on the show for Monday Night Football for four hours, people only remember three or four things. And it's like, but you've got to know what those three or four things are. And it's almost, right, get, get ready, right. Bump, you know, but make sure you're in vision. There's no point saying something really big, and there's a replay going on, because you're not listening to what I'm saying, you're watching the replay. Yeah. It's like if someone's got, if you've got something really big to say, and, and just slow yourself down and make sure you get it out, and you know things like that. That was a uh, certainly a big thing. Making sure when you've got something to say, make sure the cameras on. You don't waste it. I genuinely love that it's
2: the stuff I think about that all the time, and, I, and it's something that you don't. I've never actually thought about yeah, saying yeah. it before, but it's right, isn't it? You know what I mean? If you want to, you've got to make sure that the, cam- the cameras are on you. That if you've got if you want to, yeah. No, I think that's. Do you get really irritated
3: when someone it, 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 it interrupts you? Cause you look like you do, yeah. You do. You can't hide it. You, your no. face says it. Like, yeah.
4: I think it's rude. I don't interrupt other people.
3: I'm not no. gonna. I'm trying to make make sure that I don't interrupt <laughs> when I'm coming back on it.
4: But I, I would. What I would say is, I think there's an art to interviewing something that I'm learning now. Is that another piece of advice someone gave me when I went onto TV was when you start speaking, know how you're going to finish. Because sometimes people just Keep talking, and they don't know how they're going to finish. And oh. they, is that you? <laughs> and you think, and you think, where am I going? And you just keep talking, and you keep going. So when you're actually interviewing people, certainly for the podcast, you've almost got to wait for the that little pause bump. You've got to be in yeah. because if you don't, they not they just think, oh, they want me to carry on talking. They just keep talking, and they're talking shite. So I think you, you, you can not interrupt someone, but when you're on TV and you know you want to come in with something, it's like. You've almost I never interrupt someone, but as soon as you have that pause, you've got to be in, and you've just got to get in, so it's, it doesn't look like you've interrupted someone. But you're almost—I've I, I, got—I want to challenge him, or I've got another point, or we can take this somewhere else, or whatever it is.
3: What about what about Gary Neville? Then I think you've come across like really, really good mates. Is is that is that true?
4: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean working together. I mean, listen, Stevie Gerrard, my biggest mate in football. I had never seen him. Yeah. No, because you know I'm, I'm with Gary Neville more than Steven. You'd have thought that. You know, I, I probably text Gary Neville now more than Steven Gerrard because of something about the show or Sky or how you get in the game or whatever. That's just the way it is. It's, it's like when you're in a football dressing room, all these people around the world. You see them more than sometimes some of your family because just that's the situation uh, that you're in. But no, he's he's brilliant on TV, isn't he? Yeah, I think we. I think what makes you, it work is we're probably very similar. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways and that we're both very passionate we're very opinionated our opinion wouldn't sway a lot of people on TV can be swayed if someone doesn't agree with them they think oh maybe they are right so, whereas I think we're no I believe in what I so that's where the spark of a debate can come from but I think a lot of the time we think pretty similar things because we've had the same sort of background one club man play for big clubs passionate really you know what it's like playing at that level for so long so we're pretty similar in a lot of the stuff
3: that we do. Did make each other better pundits, you reckon?
4: Yeah. That's that's what I like. I, I like new pundits coming in. I like Roy Keane coming in now. Someone challenging you. I want that.
3: I want to be a challenged. Sheep. That's what you need when a, in a pundit. You need someone who's not just going to follow someone else's yeah. opinions blindly.
4: But I, I like that thing. If someone challenges me, I've got to come back with something. I've got to think, Oof, yeah, I didn't think of that. And I've got to come back with something else. But I want, I want to do that to other people. So the best thing I think that works is when me or Gary are on co-commentary and we haven't been in the studio all day and then we come in for the last half an hour. So you, sometimes you'll see Gary Neville joins me and whoever and Graham Sooness or maybe I just come in for the last half an hour. You've both seen the games from different angles. You've, both see, you've almost got different things and you haven't been sat there for six hours and you come in a bit fresh and you're energetic and, and you think, and sometimes you come in, I'll be totally honest, you come in and you go, a bit boring in here. And you just you just throw a bomb in, just say just <laughs> spark something. Yeah. Just go, why, I think why, why? A, has someone said that, and
2: I think there's a there's a lot of lazy pundits. From my experience, I've worked with a lot of a lot of ex pros doing shows, and I think a lot there's an expectation. I think where because you played the game, you know everything there is to know about the game, and I think there's a lot of people who you know have staunch opinions. And I think there's there's a when there's education behind it and there's thinking behind it, I think it's fine, but I think a lot of people are quite, a lot of pundits are quite blinkered. they don't do the research, they come in, and but they're very used to being everyone hanging off their every word because mm. they won this or they, or they won that. If you found that along the way as well, That that's part of the part of the challenge. You don't want to be, there's probably a lot of old school guys who maybe don't get as much work these days because mm. there's guys like yourself and Neville who are coming in and raising, raising the bar. Yeah, listen,
4: when I was a player, I didn't think Pundrity was great, and that's why I thought I could do Pundrity, because I thought there's not the, quite the detail there, really. I think Gary Neville brought that detail. I think social media now has given a voice to fans at every club where they're not idiots. I mean, I used to read the Liverpool fanzines, and you'd read them and think, yeah, these know what they're talking about, these lads, or whoever's writing these fanzines. And I think social media's given a voice and a platform to what used do, bloggers, different things. So you can't get away with things now of just... Just turning up and not doing research. But when you say research, I'm not going to come on here and say, I know every single player in the Premier League and what he's done all season. Seeing at the smaller clubs, now that may offend the smaller clubs, but I watch everything on TV and I read papers. And more often than not, it's the teams at the, at the top or the top players. Like, I don't need to do no research for Man United, Man City. I know every player. I know what they've been playing like. I know what the result, You are know. So if you are arguing a smaller team or... You will do more research. We get stat packs. You read everything on the stat pack. How have they gone on the last couple of games? You know, so you'd almost have to be more switched on for those games. But I, I can't sit here and say, I know everything. How many players do the team sign now every season? Ten players from all over the world. You can't get across all of it, uh, really. But you do as much as you can. And when you're going into a game, you know what you're going to be talking about. But the big thing for me is we've got to give our experience, but the game's always changing. And I never want to be one of those people who says, this is wrong, we did this in our day, and that was right. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at your experience and now and again saying that, I'm not quite sure. this. The new goal kick rule is the perfect example, yeah. really. All these top managers can't be wrong if they're playing out from goal kicks like that. So I'm not going to say this is a joke, this is not right. We used to just kick it. Because that's just that makes me look really old school as a pundit. It's like... I want to know why they're doing it. What are they actually gaining from it? What are they trying to do? Where are they trying the, to take
3: it? Well, for me, anyway, and correct me if I'm wrong here, there's more space to defend with the new goal kick rule. And it's so much harder for a front two or a front three to defend the width of the pitch from the six-yard box. Mm. So, automatically, you've got the strikers with a bigger gap to the midfielders and the mid- midfielders with a bigger gap to defenders. That's why I think Liverpool play a much higher line. And, you know, you might correct me if I'm wrong, but... Average like we're averaging like the halfway line most of the games now, and we're pinning teams mm-hmm. in, and that's how you're doing it. You're crushing. Well, I, listen, I listened
4: way. to a podcast uh, the other day. It was Zonal Mark it was Michael really good. and Michael Cox, and he he had someone on top of the goal kicker on the stats where you've actually got three more chances of scoring, and if you play short, we've also got three more chances of conceding. Really, but it's what you back yourself type of thing. That, and that someone's on there looking at the stats. So basically, you keep knocking it long. You're not going to concede from your goal kick, but you're probably not going to score from your goal kick or whatever. And it was just interesting listening to them and why teams do it. And knew they were talking about actually Gertucho and so what he's doing in Napoli. Everton actually conceded the goal. I actually interviewed Carlo Ancelotti yesterday. Uh, and I spoke to him about what he was doing on goal kicks. Because they conceded the goal uh, with, from pick for the Fernandez shot But it came from a goal kick. But actually throughout that game before that happened, Everton were really good on goal kicks. And I was it was just something in my mind. I'm commentating thinking, I could look on this on Monday night football. They, they kept getting out. It was coming into Gomez and he was just one touching out to a fullback and they were out. So even though they lost the goal, you might get Everton fans saying, just kick it long. But yeah. actually as a manager, he's looking at it and thinking, Okay, that was a mistake from Sadibi's past. Keeper should have saved it. But actually if you look at it, so that's what Monday night football is. Not not saying the obvious. So a lot of people would say, oh they should just kick it but if we looked at all Everton's goal kicks you'd say look the first four they get out here and they're there if he actually makes a better pass to DB so that's what Monday Night Football is I suppose
3: there's, there's a City one that they did a couple of times last year I haven't watched as much City this season because the gap's massive um, <laughs> but they they like every time there's a goal kick and someone's kicking it long they always cramp into a 20 metre square on the pitch, give or take, and City don't do it sometimes. And I'm looking at it going, why are they doing that? Like, is it because they're smaller lads, maybe? They haven't got as much chance, or they back they back them to control it and get a pass? So that's the interesting stuff in footy that I enjoy. Like. I'll give you a good example of what we're talking
2: about, though, that, that does my head in with Punditry. And you mentioned the name of the podcast. Zona Marken has become this, like, term where I think Pundit don't understand to go zona market oh well we never play I've heard so many times well we never used to play zona market we always marked man to man and and you never hear enough and we you remember you doing something on it years ago in fact you got um, Lucas Lever to explain the Zool- Liverpool zona marking yeah. from, from corners it was brilliant because no one was going well, this is why they're doing it because there's got to be a reason, you know. There's
4: a. I'm actually at the stage where I don't even get involved in that discussion now because I've just told my ear out that much about <laughs> it because I'm actually embarrassed for pundits and people and that. the The best line that people come out with over zona marking is, "Well, man-to-man marking is better because, you know, whose fault it is when the goal goes in? You're like, <laughs> oh my god." <laughs> Just, oh my god, it's just, it's un- and I've heard managers say that, and I'm like, oh, it gives responsibility, so no one can say, oh, it wasn't my way. Like, oh my god, that's unbelievable. Liverpool are doing something different, I noticed in Atletico Madrid, I noticed, and we conceded from the corner, and they've carried on doing it. So it might be something for us to look at. I'll, I'll check it again at is the it weekend. The, is it
3: the bending of the players on the outswinger?
4: Yeah. You know, to, you know, to start off so to get your Monday Night Football, but almost normally zonal marketing is you'd have players on the six-yard box and you'd have players on the penalty spot, whereas this seems one line yeah, they, of almost like a diagonal, or you say it was a bend, but almost like one line of sort of six, seven. And you know what, in some ways I'm probably thinking, I liked it, <clears throat> because the outswing is, I used to always be at the near post or level at the near post. So, an outswinger, you'd be able to get that. But the fella in the middle, the ball's already coming away from you, so it's hard to... So I actually liked the fact that it was almost like that. We can see the goal, let it go Madrid. Uh, but I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's something new. Uh, have they been doing it before? Yeah, let they've it done Madrid. it about
3: four or five games now, I think. I reckon Well, I noticed it like then.
4: So was it? that's the first time I noticed it, and I thought... Well, that, that's all I do. I makes, try and sense. It makes sense though, doesn't it? Yeah. You haven't
3: got an eight yards run Exactly. If
4: you're the back stick. Exactly. So I actually thought it was a good thing, but we can see that from it. But some people, might have myself, mark and but I thought that was a
2: good thing. So I love, I love it. I genuinely love that think It gives you right. It's it, it, it's it's balmy because you just got people who are set in the ways and they're limited and you understand them. It's that ego Saki thing, isn't it? About saying like you don't want it, if you want to be a jockey, you don't have to have been a, a horse 1st You've got to understand having a deeper understanding if it doesn't require you to play because there's loads of footballers who will just tear up and do the job they'll have mm. done what they're told for so long but i think the man marketing things, boss because and what, what i mean is because it you're right it's the blame thing so much of football analysis is just people, men sat in a studio telling you who's wrong and yeah. he was shit that day and not enough of going well this is what was good this is what was this is what was done right it, it, there's two. there's so much miserable football <laughs> analysis. <laughs> Because people don't know what to say, There's so, and it's it, it's like genetically bred into football, into mm. football TV to go. Well, it's shit. Well, why is it shit? Well, it's shit because it's shit because I don't understand it. And I, I must admit, I like that's probably why everyone gets banged on about Monday night football because again, you've got a great camaraderie, but you're also
3: prepared to people come out knowing more about the game. Mm. And the that's the like can... like if you if you listen if I listen to a podcast or if I watch something on the telly. I want to come out like not like wasting a fucking hour of my day because yeah. you don't have that much well, time on your day with, I've
4: started listening to podcasts because I can't listen to the radio anymore I'm just listening to radio and I'm just bored I'm just listening just nonsense so I actually put a podcast on now on the way to the, the gym or if I'm got, uh, taking my son to football 40 minutes I love to- the Totally Football Show I listen to that because uh, they're talking about the, it's like whether you agree with it or not when you get out the car you think I've learned something more of interesting, yeah. or that was all you said about him, or that team, or I didn't know that about that team, or system they were playing us,
2: rather than just listening to just nonsense on the radio. And ultimately, you know, we've not got your phone and talk sport in to put people right anymore yeah. these days, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That might have been one of my highlights of your entire career, was the moment <laughs> where you kind of... <laughs> absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, right, we're going to, I think we... Well, there's actually one thing I want to ask before we start to wrap up. Just about the about the coaching and managing thing. Is it something you think you'd ever consider in, in the future? Or and I, I often wonder whether, because you work so closely with Gary Neville, does the him going to Valencia and not working out, is that is that entered your thinking as as well at any point? Because obviously, I guess you don't really consider failure. But when you've got someone who's that close to you, had that had that opportunity and it not worked, is that something that would put you off? I don't think even if him going there and
4: doing well, with the thoughts, oh, I want to be a manager or stuff like that. I think, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not bad at what I do. This might be what I was meant to do. I might not be a good manager. And I think my knowledge, of the, I think I could sit in a room with Pep Guardiola and Xhilaroti Jürgen Klopp around his table, and I wouldn't feel out of place talking football. That I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know more than them. But I think I could challenge, I could add something different, you know, I could speak in my opinion and I, I could understand what they were saying or a system or a formation. My problem with being would be a manager would be dealing with players. It would be. Now, managing players, that's what, that's what it's about. And basically, I probably wanted to win too much when I was a Liverpool player. And I know not everyone's like that. But how would I be able to deal? I'm not sure I could deal with players not wanting to win as much as me. That would keep me up at night. And... And the way I look at it, I think, you know what, I'm all right, just managing my kids. You know, the couple of kids, that, that'll do me. And no one else is in my life who I've got to worry about, or what's he doing, or, is he, or is his agent trying to move him on and, and stuff like that. And I just I just look at that, and it, to me, honest, it looks like hassle to me. <laughs> That's
3: true. Well, one final question for me, Jamie. I think, you know, Liverpool are on the verge of, of winning the Premier League for the first time in 30 years. Obviously, as a fan, you're going to be absolutely made up. Is there a part of you that wishes or is jealous in any way that it wasn't you and your teammates?
4: Uh, I wouldn't say I'm jealous. I mean, I'm just I, do I wish I was in the league? Yeah, of course. I can. F- I feel completely different now than when I did when the Brendan Rodgers team was yeah. nearly winning because I was looking at that team thinking I could still be involved here. So that that was where I was torn a little bit, where it was like, oh my God. You know, my me, me son's made up, everyone's buzzing.
3: And they're all your mates as well, aren't yeah, they? Well, yeah,
4: these players. And I'm actually looking at some players in that squad and thinking, they are going to have a league on the medal? And they fucking that good <laughs> you know what I mean I've tried for 17 years and we all wanted the league so I was a bit like oh god this is oh no but now I'm absolutely because I know I can't play in that team I'm, I'm 42 yeah. you know what I mean it was almost like uh, the, the first team you're thinking the club wanted me to stay as well I knew I could still play Colo Tori had come in and took my place he wasn't a regular in the team but I could have easily have done that and you think oh you just, everyone's just going to say oh I remember the year you have to in the league But it was all because everyone around me was buzzing. My son was over the moon. I'm thinking, oh my God. So you're half happy, especially for Stevie, but half thinking, oh, what have you done? (laughs) Yeah, what have you done? But now I'd say it's completely uh, different. And I'm like a fan, or obviously I'm on uh, Sky at the moment. I I get battered all the time on social media now for, oh, you're biased to Liverpool, you're biased. I'm not. I just say to him, what can you say negative about Liverpool? They've lost two games in fucking two years in the league. It's just it's it's on of what Liverpool are doing. There's nothing you can say. I mean, I was very critical of Liverpool towards the end of Brendan Rodgers' time. Critical of the owners when they put ticker prices up. Lots of different when Stevie went leaving, letting Stevie go to America. Lots of different things. But right now, it's it, it it possibly can't get better for a Liverpool fan. European champions, world champions, about to win the Premier League losing one game a season even the greatest Liverpool teams would lose five or six games in a season yeah. it's just you know it's no there's been no better time to, to watch Liverpool and, and be part of
2: Liverpool the, just the, the one thing I've got to ask because everyone everyone wants to know Stephen Gerrard has he got I mean I don't say has he got he's would you would you what does he need to do Would you think between now and whenever Klopp leaves or whatever to be the guy to be the, the right guy for Liverpool er uh,
4: I'm not sure if he needs to do another job beforehand as well. I think Rangers to Liverpool is a jump because he's Steven Gerrard and he's he's, he's who he is. I think he could make that jump. The club wouldn't be too big for him, let's put it that way. Really. Is managing Rangers enough experience for Liverpool? Should Liverpool be looking for the best manager they can possibly get or thinking we've got someone who knows the club? I think that could be a conundrum for the club at the time and also Stevie because I look at I've always thought this I, Stevie Stevie's gone into management where at the back of it. he wants to manage Liverpool Frank Lampard's gone into management because he wants to manage Chelsea Yeah. John Terry's the same gone into coaching Thierry Henry really started to manage because he wants to manage Arsenal it's not like they want to be managers for 30 years they just want to manage their club and I always think, are you best managing your club when you're at your peak of your powers as a manager, or you just want to manage? So Frank Lampard, I always think he's doing a really good job. Yeah. But no one can tell me that Frank Lampard wouldn't be a better manager in 10 years' time. Mm. And that's what was my always feeling about managing. You're only going to get one chance at it. You want it to go well. That's what you're gonna, that's what's gonna define your managerial career. For Gerard at Liverpool, Lampard at Chelsea. Even if he goes to other clubs and he's done well at Derby, it's the Chelsea job. And I sometimes, my criticism's the wrong word. I'd done a column at the start of the season saying, "I hope it goes well for Frank." But in some ways, I wish he was coming in ten years, five years' time, six years' time, where he's just got that experience. Look at Steve; you know what he's going through. Just lost the game to the bottom of the league. points behind now. As yeah, well, but lost you? to Hamilton at home. And I sent him a text last night because I knew he'd be, he'd be devastated. I know myself when you've had a bad result, And you're just like, "Oh my god!" And I, and I knew how he'd feel. But that'll help him in years to come, that'll help him for the Liverpool job, so he's got to go through all these, doing really well in Europe, getting to a final with Rangers, probably being unlucky in the final, that's an experience, losing to bottom three, that'll help him all the time in his managerial career, but he'll be able to deal with it better, and as I said, the Liverpool job, you want him to get it when he feels like, right, I've got that much experience, and if something happens, I've been there before, yes. I've done it before, and that's my only hope, and it's whether after Rangers he takes another job, in the Premier League, maybe a smaller club in the Premier League, and then maybe gets the Liverpool job. Oh, you know what? It's right for him right now. It works. And that's the decision for both parties. I think you see it,
2: don't you? You see it in, like, there's a reason why 19-year-olds don't dominate at centre-half. And, go- and young goalkeepers don't do it because they're positions and like manager where you're right, you've the more you play and the more experience you've got, the more you've got answers. It's not like when you're centre forward and you need to just be you just need it helps to be fast and mm. it helps to just be brave mm. and you know and, and whatever, but they're the things where you're right. It's, and it's also go- people
3: not to know. Yeah, well, yeah they they help it helps as a psychic. Here's, here's a
4: good example <clears throat> playing centre back. Watford Lovren I've watched Lover in a Liverpool shirt for so long making the same mistake. And what I mean by that is, he wants to fight everybody he plays against. Now, I always remember when I was about 18 or 19, I played for, for Liverpool away at Aston Villa. And in your head, you're a centre-half. When the, the other team take a goal kick, I win the header. But they keep us in the midfield, and David was winning headers. David Thompson was playing that day. But I'm like, that's not right, I should be winning the header. So I'm actually trying to knock people out the way to go and win an header. But... And Ronnie Moran said to me after, what are you, do- what are you doing? What are you- It doesn't matter. Who- and that's a little thing that always stuck with me. Yes, that is my job, if you like, but it's working for us. Stay there. Now, Lovren, you're playing against Troy Deeney. I played against Drogba probably more than any other striker. And at times he was brilliant against us, but at times we really controlled him. And he didn't score that many goals against Liverpool. But I never took him on physically. It was a mismatch. When I get someone in front. He's have to use your brain. He's actually talked to Drogba through the game, and he almost become like a bit of a mate. You because know, you don't want to wind Drogba up for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah, yeah. clap. But Troy can't be bullied. You can't. But maybe Van Dijk could. But Troy- that's why Traudini stands on Lovren. Harry Kane, the start of this season, stands on love. every time the ball comes, just uses his body, knocks him out the way. That's what I'm saying about a centre half. But he he's-, he's 28. Yeah. That's he should have learned that by now. That there's nothing wrong. It's not it's not weak. By saying, not a problem. I was my son's a centre back, I say, watch that game, right? There's nothing um, there's no problem with letting Troy Dini bring the ball down. Because Dini brings the ball down and holds it up and it's good play by him, doesn't mean it's bad play by the centre back. Sometimes you have to say, Well done, but we'll just get Fabinho in front on the next one. You see the throwing? How tight he is to him and it's holding him. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, that's he just doesn't smell Understand? it's like he's got this thing where he can't uh, almost he must feel it's weak. To let Troidini win the fight. No. He's not winning the fight. Make sure Liverpool win the game. Make sure he doesn't score. Whether he brings the ball down on the halfway line. The one where Trent knocks it back for the back pass. He's climbing over, falling over on headsy falling over, centres the back pass. But it's 40 yards from goal. If Troidini brings that down, he's only gonna play back. Okay, he's good at that. Don't worry about it. And that's the thing that you learn with centre back, and you have to learn with that
2: experience. But he's an experienced player and hasn't learned and that's that's his biggest problem. Mad, I, the, the the best example I think just on the manage, management thing is it's Brendan Rodgers. I think when you get to Liverpool, you shouldn't be doing your learning on the job. I think when you get it when you get to that level, and I think that it was that was what Liverpool were at that time. I think FSG look, I think it was it was a noble ambition of what they were trying to do. Brendan, exciting exciting coach certainly, and I, but I think the reason why lots of Liverpool fans didn't get on with them. And the notion of him is because we're so used to everything being there and being and being ready, and that's the clock. That's the difference in Klopp, isn't it? He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't know all the answers, and he'll say himself. 40 I don't know. years all. experience. But exactly. But he, he, you know, he's got enough answers to enough problems that he'll work stuff out. Whereas you, when you hear stories of Brendan Rodgers pacing around his kitchen at three o'clock in the morning and it comes up with three at the back, and you're like, oh, that's a great story, but you, I don't, no one needs to hear that. Everyone wants to know that the Liverpool manager knows what. That, that, that I think Brendan, Roger,
4: Brendan Rodgers will be a brilliant Liverpool manager in the future. It won't happen because he's, he's yeah. had us go, I think Brendan Rodgers will be a brilliant Chelsea manager, Arsenal manager. I'd, if I was those clubs, I'd be looking at them if they, if they change the manager in the future, no doubt about it. I think Brendan Rodgers should get a crack at one of the, the Champions League clubs in this country. I've said for a long time, Brendan Rodgers is the best British manager out there. Mm-hmm. You actually look at the things he's done and, and, and the experience he's had at Liverpool, I'm talking about Steven Gerrard. What Brendan went through at Liverpool at times, the great season, just missing out and not going well, buying, selling, all the things he learned is helping him now at Leicester. Going to Celtic, then winning, being in cup finals, and you know, the tension on the day, how you deal with that. I think Brendan Rogers will be a brilliant manager, but as you said, that's probably something for Stevie in the future. Get all that experience or as much as you can possibly get. It's difficult because it's not like the Liverpool job comes around. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just time and it's there, you're available, and you say, Well, you know what, I might not get another chance, and am going have a go at it. But I think in a perfect world, you'd be when those big jobs come around, you want to be
2: fully ready. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Jamie, for taking the time to come in. Always a pleasure, mate. And make sure you go and check out The Greatest Game podcast. Some absolute absolutely belted mm-hmm. on there. And now we know, a new series coming in sept- September. September, yeah. That an exclusive?
3: we exclusive? <laughs> yeah.
2: It's right. It's right. Right. right.
3: Who do you want
2: on? Ooh. Robbie.
3: Roy. Roy Keane. and Keane. That would be brilliant. That would
2: be interesting, actually. Roy Hodgson. The Roy's? See if you can, bring, yeah, see, see if you can yeah. convert Liverpool fans yeah, to like Roy yeah. Hodgson after, after an hour with Michael, yeah.
4: <laughs> <Xavi>. <laughs> Pardon? Could you get Zavi? I've already texted Xavi, about to say first. So we probably have to go over to Sue to see him. But what you don't want to do is make it fully. It's... Listen, my contacts are more Liverpool people. Yeah. And the people who listen to the show are probably more Liverpool supporters. So in some ways, it's got to be Liverpool heavy than other clubs. But we haven't had a Man United guest on yet. I didn't want to get Gary in the face because that would be too obvious trying for real fair, and I disagree to do it it's just getting a date so that could be one in in the future I'm working on Michael Loudrup oh wow who uh, does a bit of work with us on, on foreign TV so he's, he's hard to quite pin down or whatever so they are working on different things uh, really but it'll always be two or three Liverpool because they're my contacts and they're what probably most of the listeners want to probably listen to what about to.
3: someone who like started this like like a Klinsman or a Viali or someone who was in there at the influx of the Premier League and players from abroad coming in or something like that I'd love to listen to Klinsman talk about football. Yeah. because he's, he's had the managerial stuff now as well I actually
4: tried to get Klinsman on Monday Night Football a couple of years ago oh, yeah. I, I got his email off someone who was trying to get him when Tottenham were doing really well at Tottenham were nearly winning the league it just didn't, didn't quite I think he was the America coach yeah. I think at the time didn't quite uh, work getting him on or something so I'll, I'll check if he still got the, uh, the email yeah, oh, it could be a good one. Find out about clint Daily, replace nearly replacing Yeah, would be, a, yeah.
2: be an interesting yeah, one. Yeah. And it, but the good thing is, time and wise you'll have James Bond for that for around the time. For the <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll get Daniel Craig and that would be a good one, yeah. Yeah, it'll spark
4: an idea. Absolutely
2: quality. Show. Well, yeah, make sure you go over and check out all the... You probably have already. They're outstanding, but yeah, of course do that. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for... for, for a little inside into info into Monday night football and all that. But listen, thanks very much for watching and for listening. Make sure you subscribe. If you want to check us out? It's at majax Page on Twitter and on Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with more next week.
1: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.